Hi, my friends. I'm Bronwyn Beth, and welcome back to The Misfit Musician, the podcast where music and mental health meet. This week, I had the awesome privilege of getting to speak to Bruno Collodi. He is a composer and someone who has started a YouTube channel called Trapped in Your Own Traditions that's all about um, classical music and the way that classical music needs to evolve a little bit to stay current and interesting for the new generations of people who will be appreciating it in the future. We have an awesome conversation about this, and if you are an enjoyer of classical music, if you don't enjoy classical music, um, and if you are a classically trained musician, all of this will be very interesting, and I'm also interested in hearing your opinion on what the future of classical music looks like. So let's get the conversation started. Enjoy this interview with Bruno. Bruno, welcome to the Misfit Musician. Um, so you are a composer. Uh, what kind of music do you compose primarily? Well, I started um, I, I started classical music, but every day I write uh, less classical music. I, I try to stay close close to there, but let's say I every day my music is a little bit out of the tradition, a little bit more and more. Interesting. Okay. Um, what, like when you say out of the tradition, like, is there something you can relate it to? I'm just curious. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, the thing is that uh, there's a lot of things related to classical music that I don't really uh, like. Mm -hmm. So for instance, uh, sometimes the the formality that uh, it's required on certain spaces or the um, the 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 quality of the music it, it's very common that in in certain of course not everywhere but in certain spheres of classical music if if you don't use uh, enough extended techniques or if you're not um, doing uh, really hard uh, passages for the players they they immediately target your music as uh, as less or as if it didn't have enough quality so so all those types of things uh, I really don't like them so I'm trying to well I, I don't like them because I, I feel like those things in the long run are actually harming the possibilities of classical music to become more entertaining for um for other um uh, crowds you know for 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 young for younger people or for people that i, I feel like classical music nowadays is very niche mm -hmm. and it's, it's 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 very um targeted to to people that know about classical music that uh so musicians or people related to art maybe uh highly ed educated people in the traditional western type of education yeah. And 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 I that that's that's what I'm trying to 
get a to to make space. Uh, I, I don't I don't love too much that um, that formality and that seriousness that the music has need, need, is meant to have inside classical music. I prefer to grab my inspiration from what is wrongly called in my perception low arts. Uh, so grab my inspiration from uh, popular music, uh, reggae, hip hop, jazz, uh, folk music, and that's that's why I say like yeah I, I'm at the end of the day everything is classical music but I'm trying to make a little bit of space between the traditional one and and uh, yeah this new yeah I think that's really good and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today is classical music and mm -hmm. all about like if it's dying and what we can do to make it more relevant for people um but you started the youtube channel trapped in your own traditions and it's discussing all different aspects of classical music and i really like your series about kind of finding similarities or how classical music can learn from other types of music um, and what made you decide to start that YouTube channel? Well, the thing is that um, the reason why I started all this project uh, of Trapped in Your Own Traditions was uh, mainly because I I love listening different uh, music styles. So one day I wake up and I just want to listen to some reggae and the next day I wake up and I want to listen hip hop and, and, and or I mean in the morning I I, I, I I listen to some music style and and then in the related search it appears something else and, and suddenly I started in one music style and end up in another one or I don't even look at sometimes as music styles but as smooths I want to listen to something strong and maybe I listen to Prokofiev and to John Coltrane in, in the same uh, nice. playlist yeah. so um so and and because i was exposed to all these music styles and also i i didn't start as, as, as a composer i was at the beginning of my music education i was a saxophone player mm -hmm. so i also got uh, the opportunity to play a lot of different music styles i came to the realization that uh musically speaking from specifically from the um, technical standpoint classical music it's amazing. It has so much stuff to to learn and, and uh, beautiful music, but it was lacking on, or this is what I believe, it lacks a little bit on, on other areas. Like, um, for example, sometimes the the show productions, well, okay, maybe in opera, yes, but in, in a regular concert, sometimes it's a little bit cold. There's not so much communication. And, and I said, hey, I would like to bring have a platform where I can bring all these topics that I'm, I'm looking and maybe in the future other people can also contribute with other ideas mm -hmm. and uh, we can talk about them. Of course, I know that some of these ideas cannot be easily relatable to classical music, but anyway, the fact that we're already talking about them can pop up new yeah. Uh, possibilities. Yeah. Totally. That's awesome. So as we kind of go into um, talking about classical music a little bit more, just so that all the listeners are on the same page, how do you define classical music? Like when you're talking about classical music, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's a tricky one. So um, for me, classical music is everything that has uh, some sort of Western tradition inspiration when it is written hmm. 
So it, it's it's very it's very hard to to define the parameters, but as long as it's meant for me, as long as it's meant with the idea of having some sort of reminiscence of what the Western tradition in terms of music was, it can be considered classical music. Okay. Yeah, I think I think I define it pretty much the same way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's a little bit hard because. Uh, and I know some people say, like, I know, I mean, it needs to to be more um, only objective into certain periods of time. And mm -hmm. uh, but it, it, it's very hard to define, especially because uh, classical music is not a it's not a music style itself. Right. It's a little bit like electronic music, you know. It's like in mm -hmm. electronic music, you have techno and you have electronic dance music, and he, uh, but it's the same in classical music. Yeah, you have classical music itself, you have Baroque, you have minimum music. So it's very hard to define exactly what it is. Yeah, I think I think that's a good analogy to think of like electronic music and everything mm -hmm. that falls within it. I like that. Mm -hmm. um, so this is kind of a big question-ish. I feel like um, there's a lot of articles that have come out in the last however many years about classical music dying out. So mm -hmm. do you think that classical music is quote unquote dying? Um, I think yes, but it, it's, it's complicated. So I think it's dying, but I think it's not going to die. So um, it's, it's like, it's, it's just gonna, uh, I mean, we, we cannot deny the numbers. It, it, it's uh, when it comes to streams, classical music doesn't really uh, figure in any chart. It has like, I mean, the, the most of the biggest artists in Spotify, for example, in classical music are not even alive anymore. So it's like Mozart, Beethoven. So yeah, it's still people playing those those things. But at the end of the day, it's like there's no there's not new mov new movement it's always the same names the ones that are being uh uh appearing in every chart and, and maybe one or two living artists like uh you know the italian the italian pianist and audi he always manages to get there or maybe under rio but uh I, I i do think it is it is dying in the sense that it was a very respected and big uh music style and now it's more of a niche uh type of thing only people that actually it's interested or or that somehow gets to know it and gets very involved is actually listening to it mm. yeah what do you think that so i mean maybe like talking about streaming services because it's a good place to start like how do you yeah. think that the invention of like audio devices in general but then also now streaming services have affected classical music because i feel like it's been kind of detrimental to it because now it's just like so accessible in some ways like you don't have the same attention span for a long work yeah yeah i i i get that well i remember i i i, I did a little bit of the research on on the evolution of of listening to music for for one of the videos that i made in the channel and um so it, it was actually one of the first videos i made it has a terrible audio but um it, it talks about how music it's just not enough nowadays because um uh when we started listening to music as a i mean humans have always listened to music since the beginning of times right 
And um, since we have made uh, music and entertainment activity uh, with like an industry, you know, paying tickets and uh, having performances live, uh, the experience of listening to music was a very unique thing. So if you wanted to listen to, I don't know, a piano sonata, you had to go to the theater to listen to it. And uh, it, it, unless you were like extremely rich or a lord or something, there was a high chance that you might not even listen to something in your life or maybe just listen to it once. I remember reading there was this um, musicologist that loved the Fifth uh, Symphony of Beethoven and was only able to listen to it like six times in his life. And he was wow. telling it like, like a huge accomplishment, like, hey, I listened to a piece six times in my life, you know? And uh, so, so if, if they tell you, hey, you can only listen to a thing six times in your life, you're going to start valuing it way much more. Yeah, then, I feel like the way that you would listen to it would be so different. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You, you would be like, you would drop everything, you would just go there and listen. But then uh, already like in the 20th century, uh, with uh, society starting to build more into cities and mm -hmm. having electricity at home, and the first um, uh, products that allow us to reproduce music, like uh, machines, uh, like the long plays and, and cassettes later and CDs, it, all, it already started uh, creating the situation that we actually have nowadays, you know? Nowadays, you have all the music in the world or almost all the music in the world for a very low price and to a level that it almost feels for free. So the truth is that you are not really... Unless you're a true, true fan, it's very hard for you to demand uh, uh, the attention or pay attention, sorry, to, 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 to the music itself. So that's why I was saying, hey, it's, it's not about the music anymore, because if you pretend someone to go to your concert just for them to listen to music, mm -hmm. it starts to feel a little bit hard. Of course, of course, of course, uh, live music sounds better. Than, than recorded music, but that's from your perspective as a trained musician and from my perspective as a trained musician. But a lot of people that really don't uh, don't, don't mind too much about the quality that they're listening to to their favorite music in two dollar um, headphones, they they don't really feel. Of course, the, the, the visual impact it's important, but it's not enough. You know, they need they need the type of concert with with lights, with screens, with you pay for a whole performance, not only for the music anymore. It's like an experience. So, exactly. You pay for the experience. The experience has changed. And that's why, for example, I think that um, nowadays, uh, if you go to a classical music concert, I don't know if it has happened to you, but sometimes you go and they don't even say hi. They just start playing and, and they yeah. end. And, and, and I guess that's part of the tradition. And because classical musicians tend to be a lot inside their classical musicians world they don't came up to realize that things sometimes have changed and of course i mean traditions are traditions for a reason they are very hard to to change and some people say like yeah that's how it is and, and that's how it should be but that's why i also create a page and say like hey maybe not you know maybe maybe there's more things to do um, so yeah yeah I think in addition to the experience of the concert I'm wondering what you're thinking about like when 
I think when people think about going to a concert now, they're thinking about going to hear like their favorite artist. And a lot of time times it's someone that's like alive that they can follow on social mm-hmm. media and they feel connected to them somehow. But classical music, unless you're at a new music concert, but even then most of the time it's like people who are not alive anymore. But, and it's also like one step further removed because it's not even them like if you know if you go to a taylor swift concert or something like she's performing her music this is Mm -hmm. like music written by someone who's not performing it most of the time because they passed away and even if they are there they're still not performing it because it's like for such a large group of people and so it doesn't have it's like you're hearing a cover of a work all the time kind of yeah yeah yeah. there there, there was this famous this famous meme uh orchestras are 17th century um tribute bands <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah or 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 um or for example i, I remember once I, I read a tweet and i made a video out of it it's in the channel too and um, in which it, there there were two kids talking and they said like oh i need to pay it was it was from england i think it was like i need to pay 35 pounds to listen covers of beethoven uh, yeah. it, it, it's it's a joke because you cannot listen to the original one of course um yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a huge problem for sure, but um, that's why I, I, I do believe that maybe we need to start promoting then living composers. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, okay, I don't know in the specific case of Taylor Swift, I think that she writes her songs, but there's a lot of famous um, artists nowadays that uh, hire composers to to write their music. Yeah. No, So, so um, for example, if... If I'm not saying that we should stop playing Mozart and we should stop playing Beethoven, of course not. Uh, but maybe if we try to give more chance to new composers, then we would have the opportunity also to do what you were just saying, you know, like uh, create a bigger effect on social media, create a bigger effect on our local theaters. Yeah. Uh, but I think that, that uh, I mean, I, I think you can do that in, 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 smaller settings like uh, maybe uh, solo instruments duos trios maybe quartets chamber music in general but when it comes to orchestras that becomes very very hard i i i don't i don't know um how you feel about this but what what i see a lot is that um to be honest orchestras they they try to play new things from time to time but in in, in general they 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 are very stubborn when when playing uh, the classics yeah so it's very hard to work with them. I remember when I was still in, in, in studying, my teacher just uh, told me, um, I, I, he told me, he didn't tell it to me, he didn't say this to me as a, as a musical suggestion. It was more like a business suggestion. He told me, now that you're studying, write a lot of chamber music pieces because those ones are going to be played. You know, In the future, maybe if you get the chance to write for orchestra, but... Uh, because you're going to spend, I don't know, um, four or five months writing a piece. Maybe it gets premiered. And the truth is that it's not going to be played that much. It doesn't mean if it, it, it's not because you're bad or good. It's just because they are not really giving you the chance, you know? Yeah. It, it does seem like at um, orchestra concerts, if they're playing new music, it's something that they like talk about. It's not a standard of, oh, we're going to do some new music and some older music. It's yeah. It's like advertised, oh, we're playing new music. Like, this is a yeah. big deal. You should listen yeah. to it. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like maybe maybe there are a couple of orchestras that 
are doing that a lot, but generally speaking, the the big chunk of orchestras around the world uh, are not really premiering too much. Yeah. Or, I mean, I, I don't want to say it this way, but uh, they also premiere a lot of com uh, of maybe the same composers, maybe mm -hmm. the same type of people, and it, it's it's very normal that it, music is a little bit generational. So it's it's very it's very common that if you, if if you give a premiere, let's say to a 70-year-old renowned composer, it, even though the quality of the music can be amazing as, and we as musicians can praise how good it is, mm -hmm. it, it's very likely that a 19-year-old kid, it's it's never going to feel the, the relationship. Yeah, especially if like they haven't studied classical music or, or like they, it, your appreciation for it changes when you know a little bit more what you're listening to. Exactly, exactly. And I, I think that uh, that's one of the things that we need to try to eliminate the barrier. Um, I'm not saying that we should stop writing music with weird extended techniques or, mm -hmm. or those type of things. But uh, um, if, if, I, if I tell you, hey, uh, I have a rock band, right? And can, can you listen to my, my music? And you just hit play. Okay, there's a chance you don't like it and there's a chance you like it. It's kind of 50-50. Mm -hmm. But even if you don't like it, it's going to be more about a personal taste than just because you didn't understood it. Right. With classical music, most of the times it happens that you, you just don't know what's going on. Um, yeah. Or as you say, it's too long. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of points that are, uh, are targeted. So I think that um, we don't have, uh, it, there, it's not about finding a unique solution to safe classical music. It's more like targeting uh, a specific needs for specific audiences. Yeah. Do you think the way that we've interacted with classical music has started to change a lot? Because when I think of like, um, with like Rite of Spring, like the riots that happened, mm -hmm. like when that was premiered, I can't mm -hmm. imagine people going to like a concert hall today and caring. So like thinking the music was so like unusual yeah. that they would riot yeah yeah i i don't i don't i i don't think that people it, it, it's just that i mean definitely the the way we um listen to music has changed as i'm, as I'm saying like uh, in, in 1910 mo most of the world still didn't have electricity at home you mm -hmm. know so they were not even able to listen to to a gramophone uh now, now you listen to music. Now you have playlists specifically for almost every activity in your day. You know, you go to the gym, you have a playlist for the gym. You go in the car, you have a playlist for the car. You, you go to party, you have a playlist for party. So, so like music, in a way, of course, there's always going to be um, a people that is looking for music just for appreciation. But um, most of the people, regularly speaking are looking for music uh, that is like a complement of their day-to-day -day activity. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't need to do, um, as, as an artist, you got to do what you, you think it's the best for you. What, what do you want to do? But at the same time, uh, take into consideration that modern living requires certain sacrifices, I believe. So, for instance, okay, you're a composer. You want to write music for appreciation. Okay, fair enough. But maybe write something 
for a violin solo don't that is going to take you what a solid couple of weeks maybe a month not not don't write like a whole orchestral composition that is going to take you six months that it's going to be super underpaid and that it's high likely going to have two or three gigs mm. you know so uh, or for example use elect use electronic resources you know that uh, allow you to create a lot in your room and uh, okay you can have your experimental project and then maybe do something else for for earning the day-to-day -day living unfortunately yeah i mean if we lived in the perfect universe we would just get money from from our government for creating art and promoting culture but that, yeah. that's not happening you know so we got to play with the rules uh that that are established nowadays we, we can hope and fight for for better uh opportunities for artists but for now we got to play with the rules we have yeah so um going back to the idea of the kind of elitism of classical music i'm thinking from like a performer's side um when when you want to perform music or play music if you decide to go through any kind of um schooling Mm -hmm. usually it's classically based even if you want to be like a jazz musician or like musical theater or something a lot of times you're still going through the classical music training and I think there's that's because like all of the standard technique that has been built um, for your instrument most of the time was built through that kind of classical yeah. tradition um, but I'm wondering like do you think performers because for me i really like playing music that isn't classical music because i find it harder to express myself when i'm playing classical music partly just because the technique threshold is so high to get to the point where you aren't just trying to like play it and you can actually get in the moment and perform it um and i'm just wondering if you think that performers are feeling any of the draw towards wanting there to be like movement and change within classical music, so not just like the audience who would be listening to it, but the people who are actually on stage performing the works. I think I, I think that um, the problem in general with music education uh, on performers, on composers, but specifically on performers, is that when you start studying performance, most of the times you don't know which road you're going to take, right? Like, okay, like you study violin and you say like, okay, yeah, yeah. maybe you have those dreams. Like, okay, I want to be the concertine of an orchestra, of an orchestra, but maybe you say, Hey, in the road you discover, you actually like more chamber music and you want to be in a string quartet. And then you say like, yeah, but I love actually to play like Baroque music. I don't really like new music. So the problem is that as you don't know what you want at the beginning, because of course you need to explore then uh, the music education needs to be sure that at the end of the day, you have the tools to do kind of whatever you want. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's always not... I think that we need... Of course, there's a lot of things that need to change in music education. That's for sure. But at the end of the day, it's going to be very hard to find the perfect system. And I don't know how performers feel when it comes to performance because... To be honest, I'm I'm not a performer. I'm when I perform, I'm almost always perform only my music, mm -hmm. which is also another thing um, th that it's important to mention nowadays. In in almost other music styles, composers also perform and performers also compose. Yes. So 
I'm not saying that it's something that people should be doing if they don't want to, but it's something to take into consideration. And uh, it doesn't, you, you the, the advantage when you play your own music is that you need to put, you, you get to be the owner of your own limitations, which is a very interesting thing. Um, for example, if I play my own compositions, uh, I play the saxophone, and uh, but I'm not the best saxophone player in the world, right? Because I spend more than half of my time composing. Mm -hmm. So I don't have enough time to become such a better saxophone player as I would like to. So I get to choose my, uh, okay, if I cannot get to that high note, I, I just don't, don't write it down in the score, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that that's what everyone does in every single music style. If, if, if you cannot play that rhythm, just, just don't put it and practice it on your side until you can, if you really want to play it. So, um, so I think that music education is just trying to give you the tools. The problem is that some, what I feel, at least when I see to my peers, is that they're so into classical music, into the roots and traditions, that then when they want to do something else in this world that is not working, they don't know what to do because they just don't have the tools. Mm. And it's like they need to rediscover themselves again. Yeah. And, and it's, it, that, that's, that's definitely complicated. I, I feel like... Um, that that's that's uh that's something that a lot of classical musicians are going on through uh trying to rediscover themselves and and that's that's for example when i think that classical music education can be a little bit better um because it can provide a little bit more of tools outside classical music to musicians mm -hmm. yeah i would agree and i think there is definitely way more of a push for seeing yourself as like an entrepreneur on top of like a musician. So you're not just like graduating and then doing your auditions to get into an orchestra job. You're figuring out like, how can I actually create a business that works for me um, without necessarily having to go more like quote unquote traditional routes. So I think yeah. that that's not addressed quite as much in music education now as it could be since I think a lot more musicians are trending that way to for their work I, I think that uh, I mean just just what you mentioned about schools trying to maybe push a little bit towards uh, being an entrepreneur um, that's that that's something I am very scared of because um, when you when you see the reports of uh, uh, successful entrepreneurs around the world not, not only music but in general they're very low. I mean, maybe in some countries, I I, I, I might believe that maybe uh, in the United States, the numbers might be a little bit higher than in other countries because you guys have a little bit more of um, that will of create business. <laughs> I, yeah. I think that the Europeans are, uh, are well, I, I'm not only, I'm not European, but I live here in the Netherlands. Uh, they're a little bit more uh, towards uh, support of the government. And uh, But I, I, I don't know. Uh, anyway, the, the thing is that... Um, the numbers of entrepreneurs, of successful entrepreneurs are low mm -hmm. and the number of artistical successful entrepreneurs, it's even lower. So uh, yes, okay, cool that you are your own boss and that you can uh, create your own company, but uh, no one tells you, hey, by the way, I mean, the chance that you actually are successful in doing this thing is like two, three <laughs> percent, you know? Yeah. So, um, so that's, that's something that, for example, I feel it's very dangerous because uh, if we just throw all the musicians to the entrepreneur uh, pool, 
uh, we're basically telling them, hey, welcome to welcome to Squid Game. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not all going to make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I haven't thought about it like that. Um, but yeah, I can definitely. Um, but it, don't you think like, I mean, even as a composer, um, isn't that kind of what you're doing in a sense as yeah. far as like, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's not that I do it because I'm, I mean, of course, okay, this is going to be stupid. Of course I, I want to be, of course I want to do it, but it's not like I have a choice. Right. You know? So yeah. it, it, it's, it, so for example, if, if you are, I'm not saying that old professions have it easier, but let's say, for example, if you're, um, if you're um, a graphic designer, for example, right? Uh, they also have it super hard when it, they, it comes to, to work on an, uh, as an entrepreneur, but some of them, they still get uh, some jobs as graphic designers in some companies. Mm. So they have, immediately they have all the, the um, social advantages of having a contract and the, the income security that even if the company is not performing well, they're going to um, immediately still get a salary by the end of the month. And blah blah but as a composer i mean you don't yeah maybe maybe on a tv on a tv set but it, it's like i don't know how many musicians how many composers can say that yes i have established income by the end of the month it must be yeah i don't i, I don't think there's even a report on that but i don't i don't really think it's more than two three percent of all the composers in the world wow so um so so that's that's the danger of, of being an entrepreneurial that it unfortunately the modern musician is required to be even more than just a good musician yeah you know it's not about how well you play anymore it has of course some repercussion but it's it's not it's it's not about it anymore it's 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 how good are you on your social media how good do you relate with uh with the publishers with the organizers uh of concerts where you are um how if, if you know how to to put yourself also i mean unfortunately there's a lot of image involved you know uh if, if you you can be uh a very good violinist but uh if, if you don't look well you can immediately get less followers or, or on the other side maybe you're not so good but if you look very good on what you right. do maybe you immediately boom so yeah. so yeah yeah it's difficult <laughs> It is. It is. Yeah. So pulling us back towards like the concert hall, do you think, uh, what are the things that you think we can be doing to help make classical music a little bit more accessible? I think, well, the the first thing is communication because, um, a lot of, a lot of people give it a try, but they don't, they don't, uh, know if, if they're doing the things correctly. Mm. So they go to a concert hall and they listen to the music and then they leave and, and they're, they don't know if they're supposed to enjoy it or not. You know, uh, I mean, it, it's, for example, I remember I, once I went to a concert and it was not really, musically speaking, it was not great. It was average, mm-hmm. but it I had such a great time because the conductor, every time they were going to play a piece, he talked, he made a joke, uh he he said i don't know something funny or or you know so musically speaking was not great but i would go again to see that orchestra 
or that conductor if mm-hmm. working with an orchestra just because I had a nice time. Yeah. You know, and I think that uh, understanding that it's it's also important. Of course, I understand that there's people that just want to go there for the quality of the music, and, and I get that. But one thing to promote more people going and staying is making them feel safe by commu- by communicating. Then the second thing, of course, is providing them with the show. Um, I'm not saying that from now on, like every time you play Mozart, there needs to be smoke and lights. But uh, <laughs> that'd be pretty but, cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be pretty cool to be honest. But uh, but uh, a, a little bit, a little bit of, of of more stage performance. You know, uh, every time they do something funny, it, it works. You know, or something different, it works. For example, I've seen a. There's a very famous video on YouTube where um, uh, Barbara Hannigan is gonna sing. Uh, with Sir Simon Rattle and, and she enters as um dressed with a school uniform and she enters like a rebel kid and 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 it's it's just very funny because she needs to you know like uh, give give a piece of gum to Simon Rattle and, and I don't know it's it's just funny you know yeah. like people they're fun and it has millions of views on YouTube and I'm not saying okay that you need to to make fun of every single piece and I'm not saying that you need to uh, add uh, tons of layers of different things but try to find ways you know even for example, as a musician, let's say I am um, a cellist and they're going to perform a cello concert. I would like to have, for example, screens next to big screens next to the stage. And I would like to have one, one screen that is constantly pointing to the hands of the cellist, you know, and also something that it looks like, wow, I mean, as a cellist, I will be like, I can see everything in detail. Yeah. And um, then, for example, yeah, some some lights, some some uh, I don't know effects, maybe some nice entrance. Usually, what happens with the orchestra is uh, I don't know uh, they start entering, and then uh, the oboe or well, maybe sometimes the 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 concertina just plays the notes, so everyone tunes. The conductor enters, everyone claps, and they start playing. Yeah, you know. But if if you do a different entrance, if you somehow find different ways of making the concert more interesting and 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 all that material that you're creating that is different of course uh that would be the third point uh show it to the people you know Mm -hmm. uh put it on social media uh share it share it on the feeds ask the musicians to to be a little bit more proactive too for example i don't know if if it's uh, happened to you in the past but sometimes for example um there's going to be a concert where they are playing my music and the musicians because maybe they are not so used or or i don't know uh they are not so much of social media actives they just don't share the event or nothing mm. and and, and it, it misses it misses opportunities to yeah. be bigger than what it was you know because if let's say you have a string quartet and a composer that's already five people if the five actually commit themselves to share the event plus the venue where it's being played that's already six so the more people that it 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 starts getting more attention uh, inside your circle and usually if you all live in the same city then that means that more people in the city is watching it and so th- those those things are, are just things that we should be doing um and there's more i mean for sure for sure there's 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 more things you can start thinking of alternative places 
to perform. I know, I know this. All the all the things that I'm telling you are things that are already happening. Probably, just but more should, of that. Exactly. We need yeah. more of that and more promotion of that. Just because someone mm-hmm. does it and posts a picture on Facebook or on Instagram, the, the, the social media is already too full of information. You need more and more and more and more of those mm-hmm. things. And um, yeah. Well, I think it's yeah. like when people go to a concert, um, like a non-classical music concert, and then they take videos like while they're watching it and then mm-hmm. they're posting those videos. Um, I don't, you don't really see that as much at classical music concerts because like not supposed to have your phone out. And I do think there's a place for like putting your phone away. But I also think like if I see someone posting a video of a concert, I'm like, oh, that looks fun. And so if I was seeing someone posting a video from like a little snippet of like their classical music concert they went to, I'd be like, oh, they sound great. Like, I want to go hear that. Yeah. It's it's just that, it's just that, um, so everything for, in, in, in my opinion, um, everything has a, um, a grade of a specialization. So for example, let's say, I'm, I'm just going to put it like an example, for example, let's say with, with jazz, for example, mm-hmm. right? Um, so you don't know anything about jazz and you want to know a little bit about it. You yeah. get interested because, I don't know, you watch La La Land, right? And uh, you say like, oh, cool, I want to know more. Or you watch Whiplash or something. And you say like, oh, I want to know more about this. So you start Googling and you say like, okay, I'm going to learn about swing and um, I don't know, the, the all, all the old uh, sub-styles of New Orleans and blah, blah, blah. And then you say like, okay, what else there is? And then you discover there's like um, a music style called bebop. And you start listening and you say like, wow, I mean, it sounds so different. It's interesting. But, and, and then you say like, but what else there is? And you say like, oh, there's this thing called hard pop and, and, and the cool music. And, and you start like reviewing the history. And then you end up, for example, listening to free jazz as, as if you were listening swing. You know, your, your mm-hmm. ear has somehow developed all the, the skills to to listen to the music and actually enjoy it yeah so i think it's it's a little bit the same it's a little bit the same with classical music you know like if if i if i tell you hey what about if we go to a concert and on the first concert i take you to i don't know uh, mozart or something uh, it's high likely going to be digestible but if i tell if i on the first concert i take you to ligeti or or it's it's going to be hard you know for for us we've been trained in in this music style we we don't feel the difference anymore mm-hmm. but uh for the for the new people it's hard so i think it's it's also the same that's why from the beginning i was saying i'm not saying that you should not stop writing extended techniques if you don't want to or something like that i'm just saying maybe we should uh create plans as as music organizations in which uh we promote classical music toward in relationship to people that doesn't know anything about classical music with things that are more digestible for the year at the beginning you know mm-hmm. like definitely philip glass is more least is more audible than uh i don't know uh, stravinsky and even stravinsky is, is is it's considerably easy to listen for a classical music trained person compared yeah. to what is happening nowadays right you know yeah. so it, and, and then once that people is of course there's going to be people that is not going to like it and they're going to say like you know what i don't want this but there's gonna be people that say like, oh, I liked, I like, uh, I like Philip Glass. Oh, what else there is? Oh, okay. Uh, uh, there's, there's this uh, other music style of classical music, um, more modern. Oh, and then maybe some of them they're also gonna say like, oh, I liked, uh, I like uh, all this music with uh, extended techniques and more modern sounds. 
but it's a process. If, if you just pretend to have a premiere with very hard to understand music and people that have never listened to classical music go, it's not going to work. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, there was one of your videos, um, speaking of Stravinsky, there was, uh, you played a clip of people, like it was a New Year's Eve dance party to Stravinsky. That yeah. was so interesting. And they were interviewing people and one person said, I think she said like it was relevant symphony or something like that. And I just thought that was so interesting and a little bit farther than what I would think of like necessarily taking concerts, but I know that classical music in the past like has been danced to. And I was just wondering like your thoughts about that. Yeah. I mean, um, so Poof. Yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, that's, that's a fair question. So, um, I also made a video on, 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 on the possibilities of, of dancing to classical music. I think it's called, uh, is it possible to dance to classical music or something mm -hmm. like that? It's something with, with dancing classical music okay. in, in the channel. And, um, yeah, the, the most, the most interesting thing, as you said, is that in the past, classical music was the music to be danced to in the Western world. Mm -hmm. And uh, apparently it stopped being danced mo mostly because of uh, composers starting to write more um, virtuoso things that stop being danceable. Because if you don't follow, I mean, for being able to dance in, in a, yeah, may, maybe not in as, 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 a, as an art, but just as an activity for regular people, there needs to mm -hmm. be like some sort of steady beat. There needs to be uh, some sort of simplicity in the progression of the music so that people can actually follow it. Right. And, um, but composers start writing more complex and complex things. So it's starting to be very hard to, to dance. And I think that the main issue nowadays is that we don't have classical music composers writing dance music. Yeah. You know, it, or, or performers trying to adapt the versions. So uh, I think that, okay, this is maybe an idea for someone or something. If we could write classical music that is danceable, it's, it's possible to dance, then I think that maybe some people might, be, might get interested. I, I think that that video of, of the Ride of the Springs, um, the reason why it, it gets so popular, uh, the Ride of the Springs, I think it's called Ride of the Springs New York City Dance Party. Uh, the reason why it gets so cool among the people is because um, people listen to something that they are not used to listen in in that specific setting. Mm -hmm. You know, so so but but your brain somehow associates the setting of okay, I'm in a party, so therefore it's okay to dance. Yeah, it's okay to have a drink. It's okay to shout. And but the only factor that changes is music, and. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think uh, I think we just need more more of that. I, I know, for example, the um, grandkid of Prokofiev, uh, Gabriel, he lives in London and, and, and he was making a project called Non-Classical where he was putting classical music in, in, in nightclubs, basically. Oh, wow. Uh, but he was mixing it. it. It was very interesting. So he was mixing it with electronic music as a type of introduction so that then when people was already just parting to this more contemporary classical music it's like slowly your brain has been getting used to the strings and to the clusters mm -hmm. and to all the resources um so so yeah i mean i i, I think we just need 
more of that um, it, but it's very hard is if your music education tells you that when you finish your school you the thing that you need to be playing is okay you need to learn the 24 caprichos of paganini or you need to learn the the gazillion uh, sonatas for of piano or stuff like that you know it's yeah. very hard to break the mold absolutely yeah there's a uh, violinist who is combining um classical works with hip-hop and oh yeah i'm trying to remember her name it's like enzima or something but she yeah i her stuff is so cool and people really like it because it's it's this like fascinating combination mm -hmm. so it's like yeah. yeah again it's just more accessible yeah i know i know about uh, uh black violin that is uh, i think it's yeah. a rule and 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 that's also that's also the thing for example in the case of black violin i've seen the videos that there's also viola yeah you know but, yeah. but they don't they don't uh well I, I don't know this this is how this is just a personal opinion but i feel like for example they don't go outside ventilating the fact that they also have a viola saying like ah oh, this is a viola and uh, yeah therefore you should have more respect no they just say like you know what i mean just call ourselves black violin because that's what people can actually relate to right uh, yeah and then yeah, then the people that are just interested, okay, yeah, we can tell them that this is viola, that this is violin, but that doesn't matter. I mean, in the meantime, get them to listen to our music, and then, then we can see. I don't know if that's what they think, but that's at least how I feel that the conversation should have gone yeah. with them. Interesting. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Um, yeah, I, I have like one other, I guess two other questions, but one is, sure. um, I this is just like a simple question that I posted. A couple months ago, I think, but I, it's like a somewhat unpopular opinion, but I like, I think that you should be able to clap between movements <laughs> of mm -hmm. pieces. And I'm wondering your opinion on that. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's, 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 um, it, it feels like the debate about clapping or not clapping is going to go forever. And it feels yeah. like, uh, like, uh, I feel like there's no wrong and right answer, but I, for the sake of the popularity of classical music, I would like to say yes, that you should be able to, and not only between movements. Uh, I remember this is uh, a very funny story. When, when I was studying my bachelor, uh, I was I had uh, a jazz ensemble uh, class, and we were playing like yeah, basically we were just playing some standards in in different rhythms, and uh, the teacher was just giving us some feedback over. Hey, you gotta do this. This is just these solos are more interesting. These are the resources that you usually use, blah blah blah. And um, and of course, yeah, in jazz, there's a huge uh importance of improvisation, right? And you it's 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 also used that people uh after a solo they kind of clap, right? Right. And uh and, and we were seeing how sometimes in the in the classroom we were not really comfortable with clapping to other people or uh, or and sometimes out of the blue you just listen to something and you just wanted to clap because it was amazing yeah and the teacher told us like don't clap if you don't feel like clapping and clap if you feel like clapping at any moment so i think that that's kind of what should be happening in classical music if you feel like screaming out an amazing woo because you feel it's amazing what's going on you, you should be able to do it and if you don't want to clap because you just don't feel like it just don't feel obligated to clap so yeah i i i think it's gonna be an eternal debate and probably in, in the most 
closed circles of classical music, it's never going to be allowed. But I think that you should be able to do whatever song you want uh, at any given moment if you actually can justify it. Why? Yeah. Yeah. I think like my feelings about it are kind of similar to what you expressed. So it's like, it's a, it's an expression. Like you should be able to interact with the music in some way. Um, mm -hmm. And that's not done very commonly in classical settings. And I want, I think that's like an easy way to start like encouraging more of that interaction. So you don't just yeah. like sit in your seat and like hold all of that feeling. Exactly. I, I, yeah, exactly. And, and, and um, it happens a lot, for example, in, in other music traditions that when someone claps out of the blue without actually feeling forced because the song has ended mm -hmm. it immediately gives you the vibe like it, it's like if the musician if the music was growing but also the fact that people is showing that recognition outside the stage makes the music grow more yeah 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 um, so just in closing, are there like certain, we talked about black violin, but are there particular music groups or musicians that you see kind of embracing like a more current or like popular way of expressing classical music that you recommend people? Yeah. To? Yeah. Uh, well, my favorite composer is Anna Meredith. Um, she's, a, a Scottish composer hmm. and she even has a beautiful article in the, in the guardian. I think. I think it's not free to read if you have not uh, paid a subscription, but it's uh, when they ask her if she see her, saw herself more as pop as classical music, her answer was, um, yeah, I don't see it that way. You know, okay. so, so, so it's, it's like a, a, way, a nice way of answering, like it's, it's not exactly what you're, the, the question is not well, it's not well formulated enough nowadays. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I like her music very much. There's a Dutch composer called Jacob Teve, uh, so Jacob TV. Okay. Uh, that um, he's more of a classical music composer in in the fashion sense of classical music, but uh, it uses a lot of uh, resources, especially in his uh, saxophone compositions. Um, so, like he has this composition like Gravit, uh, where uh, the, you can you can listen to the voices used in a way that recreates a little bit like that old vibe of funk and rock and um so yeah th those are the composers i really like the most but th there's a lot of groups there, there, there there's more I, I i regularly mention classical musicians during the the videos and uh, yeah, uh, yeah. That. yeah that's awesome and if people want to listen to your music where can they do that well they can just google my name and uh, it, cool. it will pop up yeah okay yeah. and i'll link uh i think i think you have a website Right. Well, I mean, I, I think that as, as we're doing this with Trap Traditions, if you could link the the YouTube video, I think that would be uh, the YouTube uh, channel. I think that would be the best. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I'll link the YouTube channel. And um, yeah, is there anything else that you want to say about this subject before you finish up? Yeah. Uh, well, first, of course, uh, thank you for for inviting me. Of course. And um, especially if, 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 if I, don't, I don't know exactly which is your... Um, target group but if there's young people uh, listening i would like to tell them that um don't be afraid to to break the rules after you're finishing your music education because um sometimes that that transition between finishing studying and starting to be a professional can feel a little bit overwhelming mm -hmm. uh, especially in classical music because you are you've been all your life trained to do something 
but uh, the truth is that I mean life the music education is already a tone of gray so you have from white to black there's a lot of grays but life is it has even more tones of gray you know so <laughs> you can actually play a little bit more whatever you want yeah that's awesome that's great advice yeah well thank you so much for coming on this has been an awesome conversation yeah thank you very much too for uh, having me and All right, my friends, that was pretty awesome. I'm really interested in hearing what you think about this topic. If you agree with what Bruno was talking about, if you disagree, um, feel free to send me an email or a message. All of that information about where you can reach me is in the show notes. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please rate, interview, and follow me just to help boost it a little bit. Um, there's been some more followers recently, and I'm so grateful to all of you who are coming back every week to check in and see what's happening here. And I really want to hear from you what kind of content you would like to hear next, or if there's a particular issue about mental health or music, or both that you're really struggling with, or you might be an expert in and you want to talk about. So please reach out. I love getting to hear from you. And in the meantime, be well, be safe, and remember that you are magic. Live in love.